proof of the faithfulness of God. So if you get your Bibles, just turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. Verse 3, and, and leave, leave, uh, leave it open there, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that we can come together and meet and worship freely, Lord, without fear of our lives, and we can come and we can declare your name as holy, we can praise you, we can worship you, and Lord, you can also speak to us through your word, and we thank you, Lord, for this time where your word is open. And Lord, I pray that you would just through this simple message this morning, encourage us. Lord, lift us up into the joy of knowing you as the never-changing, all-faithful God. Lord, when things around us crumble, when the world is in the tailspin, Lord, you're never-changing, you're never-moving. And we thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that you're holy and just. We thank you, Lord, that you are sovereign over all. And Lord, I pray that we would indeed, each one of us, this very day, get a fresh sense of your faithfulness to us and to your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me get my little, little uh, flicker. I want to show a few things up this morning. Ask the question. I'm going to ask the younger people first. Isabella, do you know what that is? uh, What type of disc? Like a frisbee? No, it's not a frisbee. Have you ever seen one of those before? Does your daddy have them in the house? I used to. I remember actually he stole a lot of my records. Do you remember that, Paul? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so this is a vinyl record. This is what... Does everybody else know what this is? Yes. Do you long for the days of vinyl records? Yes? No? No? No, Ben? You're not a vinyl fan? It's more authentic, brother. It's more authentic. No. So this is what, this is what old people used to listen to their music on. Yep, yep, they did. Did you know that? No, they used to have a big machine that they put in their pocket and they put their headphones on. <laughs> no. They used to play it on a, on a record player and they used to put a little needle on it and it would play and grind and it would be bumpy and noisy and, and, and that's what they used to do for music. Do you know what this is? Day, do you know what that is? What is it? It's a CD. Oh, it's not a CD. You're close. You're close. Anybody else? Is it a tape? Yes. What type of tape is it? It's a cassette tape. Who remembers this? Yeah. 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 Those were the days, were they not? No. Remember those days? Now, kids, have you any idea what's happening here? No? It's a big mess. This is what used to happen. Because on these cassette tapes, this is where we used to have our music. And we did carry little things in our hips where we plugged our cassette players in, made sure all our batteries were in there, and I put our rubbish headphones on, and we used to dance away, didn't we? 
some of us. The swinging 60s, Ben, no, no. What, what were you into, Ben? I'm picking on you this morning, I don't know why. <laughs> Pop music! Did you have a mixtape? Yeah. <laughs> okay, a mixtape, kids, is what we used to. We used to record all different music and then put all our favourite music on one cassette. And do you know what we had to do? If we wanted to get to the song that was at the end of the mixtape, we couldn't just flick it. No, no, no. We couldn't just select the button where the song would pop up. We had to either listen to the whole thing or sit and go, forward it on until we got to the end. How depressing is that? And then it would break and then we had to put it together, back together, stick it together, a bit of sellotape, and then twist it together. What about this one? Who said CD? You're wrong. Anybody else? Adults? So we're getting into the territory where some of you old people will be phasing out here. <laughs> and the new people are, the younger people are phasing in. It's a mini disc. It's a mini disc. And the mini disc came along kind of after cassettes, but they didn't really last too long. Oh, no. Oh, no. Come back. Right. Day, what's that? Yeah, it's a CD, yes. It's a CD. Now, old people, have you seen one of them before? You know an old person is old when they call it a compact disc instead of a CD. And so this was better, wasn't it? This was better. Music was on this. And if you wanted to get to the, the song on your mixtape, you, at the end of it, you just flick to the track. A lot easier. Uh, but the point of the matter is, things change, don't they? They, do, they change. Things change. Who remembers this? Betamax. Well done. Well, well in there. Well in there. Now, do you know what, what this was for? Addison, what do you think will happen on this? No, not music. Mm, only if you're very rich could you record stuff. Uh, what do you think you did? This is how we used to watch movies. Hmm? Kate was looking at going, what? So we used to put them in a machine called a video player. And we used to have these, these were Betamax. And then there was a big war, if you remember. Uh, I don't know why my flicker's not flicking here. There we go. And we had VHS. And so it changed the VHS. This was at a time, kids, when TVs had remote control. But the remote controls were connected by a wire all the way back to the TV. Not like today where you can just flick it. So we used to watch movies on then. And then what came next? What's this one? Kaden, this is an easy one for you. It's a DVD. DVD. And we used to put, we put movies on DVDs now. Go a little bit further. You don't, we don't even have any of that anymore. You want a movie? Flick a button and it's on there. You know, what's the, what's the point? The point is, things change. They change all the time. Things uh, move on. Uh, some things go out of fashion. Some things come into fashion. I was with Addison in Next not so long ago, walking through Next, and she rightly said to me, said the fashion is all 60s now. And if you, So if you go into Next or any of these, these we call them fa- old fashion shops, <laughs> when you go into these places, you'll see, those of you that live through that age, 
All that kind of style is coming, coming back. I remember, Brian's not here, so I can share this. Uh, well, I remember saying to Brian one time, he came in and he had this tie on, and it was a lovely, thin, woolen tie. And I said, Brian, that's very trendy for you. Where did you get that? And he said, I've had this since 1960, so whatever it was. So the point of the matter is, hang on to it. It's going to come back into fashion. So you can, for all you Bay City Rollers fans, you can bring all, them, all, the, all the long bottoms and all that back back. Point of the matter is, everything in the world is changing. And it's changing at a rapid pace. And what we knew before uh, as children, the children of today, knew completely different things. Things change, they move, uh, you know, fashions change, the way we look at uh, video changes, the way we uh, access audio changes, the way we spend our money is changing before our very eyes, isn't it? I got a, uh, a notice from uh, Santander Bank to say that their opening times have, have shortened again. So that they're shortening from like 9.30 to 3. If you want to, if you want a, a, a cushy little job, work in a bank. Because they're, they're 9.30 to 3, I think, 3.30. And then that's Monday to Friday. And then um, Saturday morning they're open a little bit. But what they said on the ladder was that the world's changing. That the banking is changing. Most people are doing their banking online now. Things change. People change. People change. I've seen people um, that have been some of the most faithful, upstanding, um, you know, correct citizens fall away. Change dramatically. Everything around us is changing apart from God. Apart from God. God. God says in his word, in Malachi 3, verse 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. He is the great unchangeable. He is the great constant in a world that is ever changing. Why can he be that? Why can he be unchangeable? Because he is eternal. He is not created. He does not have a beginning and an end. Everything that we see in this world has a beginning and an end. It's, it's created. But God is outside of that. And that means he's eternal, he's unchangeable, he's immutable. Without error. Without change. That's God. And if God is consistent in a world that is inconsistent, then really the logic is that the only one that we can truly trust And the only one that we can truly say is truly faithful without fear of failure is God. Because everything in the world changes. But God does not change. That's why we can say the Lord is faithful. We know he's faithful because he's unchangeable. We know he's faithful because he is immutable. He's without error. We know he's faithful because he is God. That means what he says he means. And he cannot not mean what he says because he's God. He's God. He can't change who he is. He's God. He is faithful. And the dictionary defines faithfulness as being trustworthy. A faithful person is a person in whom you can put your trust. Now, many of us here this morning will have put our trust in various things in this life. We'll have put our trust in our jobs, only to be called into the office of our supervisor or our manager to be told that due to COVID or whatever it may be, we're surplus 
a requirement. And the employee, and that might have been you, might have said, well, I've given my life to this company. And they said, well, we don't need you now. Maybe you've been uh, put your trust in property. And certainly when the last uh, dip came in the property market, there was lots of people that lost everything, that were trapped, because that was what they had put their trust in. Maybe you've put your trust in other people and they've let you down. They failed you. People do that because people have a sin nature, all of us, from the saved to the unsaved. There's still a sin nature in there and people will let you down. Maybe your pastors let you down. Maybe I've let you down. We're people. But if you put your trust wholly and truly in people and people alone, in property and property alone, in finances and finances alone, in career and career alone, there may be a point in time where that will let you down. But if you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and in God, He is ever faithful and will never let you down because he cannot let you down because he is God. That is the logical, rational reasoning behind that. That in a world that is ever-changing because it is a fallible world, inside of time, God is outside of all that and he's never changing and he is faithful. He is someone you can put your trust in. So we want to just quickly look at how God is faithful this morning and, and, and just four, four, three things really and then one point of application to go through. Here's the first thing I want to say to you about God and his faithfulness. He's faithful to his people. You can trust him. He'll never let you down. You can put your confidence in him. Because he is trustworthy. He is faithful. Here, here's, here's the first thing I want to share about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. You know, sometimes trials, temptations, troubles come upon us that are not of our own making, that are just part of life in this sin-filled, cursed world. This world is not the way God intended it to be. It is broken through sin. So things happen. Sickness, disease, trial, trouble, whatever it may be. And here's what the Word of God says. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. We, we all face these different things. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation or the trial make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I think sometimes that last little bit is forgotten in that verse. God doesn't just take everything away in terms of the troubles we face. But he has promised. He has promised that he will not give you more than you're able to suffer. And he will make a way to escape or a way to bear it. To deal with it, live with it and work through it for the glory of God. He's faithful. When trials and troubles come into our lives, and they do. They do. You know, you're only ever a day away from a trial. Know that. Rejoice that you're not in the trial at the minute. But you're only a day away. You're only a day away in the world that we live in. But God is is faithful. Also, God is faithful in the trials that we bring upon ourselves. 1 John 1.9 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So in the first instance, God is faithful because he will save us if we ask him. We cry out to his mercy and his grace, he'll save us. But then as we're saved, we're saved once for all forever. Heaven is our home, that's eternally secure. But in life, we still have a sin nature and we still go about and do things and say things and think things that we shouldn't do, say or think. But God is faithful to cleanse us from those sins. He's faithful to keep fellowship with us, even when we break fellowship with him, if we come to him and confess our sins. That's the caveat. But God is faithful. He's faithful to his people. So he's faithful in the trial that you haven't had any involvement in. He's with you. But he's also faithful to you in the trial that you've brought upon yourself because of your choices, your actions, your deeds. And he's willing to forgive you and cleanse you. What a promise that is from the Lord. And he's faithful to his people. Next one. God is faithful to his promises. If God is God and we're working on that logical basis, then he cannot lie. He is indeed who he says he is. And he makes promises. And these promises he is faithful to. The promises in his word, what he says he means. He doesn't say anything he doesn't mean. He doesn't say anything and has it recorded through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost for us today, for us to go and say, that's not what God meant. What he actually meant is something else which is more suited to what I think. That's not how God works. And God forbid it ever should be the way that God works. Deferring to man's ridiculous, stupid opinions. Who are we in the face of an almighty, all-knowing God? Who are we that we would ever say to him, I know you didn't really mean that, God, because society has moved on today. Here's what you really meant. No, God is faithful to his promises because he's faithful to his word. He means what he says. Here's one of the greatest promises in all of scripture. The greatest promise, I would say. Now, there are some that will try and deny this is a promise to all. But again, let's not put words in God's mouth. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. I am glad this morning that I am a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter. For whosoever. You don't have to be part of a club that God has picked. No, no. For whosoever. So call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Now I want to say, categorically, salvation is all of God. He does the drawing, he does the saving. But the offer is open to all. God has given you all that you need to call upon his name. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What, what, a, what a promise. It took me a while, personally, to understand the depth of that. To understand the depth of that. You know, I, I am married to, as you well know, a social worker, a very passionate social worker who does her job very, very well. And she is passionate when she sees people that, that abuse and, and, and affect children. She, she's passionate about it. And, um, and this is going to be hard-hitting, but it's meant to be. And on Netflix, there's a documentary on, on Jimmy Savile. I don't know if any of you have seen it. 
And honestly, it talk about and just embracing in plain sight. The man was a horror. And Claire watches this stuff. I, I tend not to. I, it's not my bag. But Claire watches this stuff. And she's outraged. And rightly so. And, and this is what she said to me. She said this. And this is true. She said, I'm going to have a hard time if I get to heaven and see that man's face. And I'm sure all of us would say that, right? But whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. From the worst to the best. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a promise that is. You may be here this morning, you may be thinking, I'm, not, I'm too bad to be saved. There's nobody too bad to be saved. You may be here this morning thinking, I'm too good to be saved. There's nobody too good to be saved. Whosoever called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's an imperative. And we thank the Lord for it. So God is faithful to his, his, his promises. Here's another promise that he makes. In the Great Commission, he sends out his church. This is to believers. The end of it says, I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That is a promise from God to the believer. He is with you, even until the end of the age. What a promise that is. And God is faithful to his promises. God is never not with you if you're a believer. He's not going to say, oops, oops, I forgot, I made a promise. Now, hands up if you've done that. If you've children, you'll be like, oh, I forgot. I know I promised, but I can't be bothered now, so we'll, we'll defer it and it'll roll over. Four years later, Dad, you promised. <laughs> like, God's not like that. Because he is God. And when he says it, he means it. It's set in the eternal sovereignty and omnipotence of God. That he's always with you and they'll never leave you. And he's faithful to that promise. Even when you think you're leaving him, he never leaves you. How good is that? Next then, God is faithful to his plans. Again in his word. And, and, and this, is, this is, is, God's plans and purposes are not dependent upon us. We do not make God tick. We are not the machine that make God, makes God move. In terms of his sovereign purposes. He is God. 2 Timothy 2.13 says if we believe not. If we're faithless. God abideth or remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. What's that mean? Even if he wanted to he couldn't. Not that he would want to. Because if he says it he means it. Because he's God. It's all tied up in the character of who God is. All intertwined with his holiness and his justice. That God can never lie. So even when we are faithless, God is faithful. Even when we feel like God's not with us, he's there. Why? Because he said he would be. He'll never let you down. He's faithful, despite the way we are. Think about Israel and what's happening with them. They haven't been faithful, but God's purposes are still unfolding. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. Isaiah 46 verse 10 says this, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. God is faithful to his plans and his purposes. That means you can read to the end of this book and God has told you what will happen at the end of time. The story is written, the victory is secured. Don't look to the world for what's happening, look to the word of God. 
because it's right every time because God will do all that he said he will do. He's faithful to his plans and purposes. So if God's faithful to his people, is God faithful to his promises, God's faithful to his plans, what about us in this? Simply, God wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be faithful. God is faithful. He wants us to be faithful to him. What does that mean? Matthew 5, verse 37. But let your communication, your manner of life, the things you do, be yes, yes, or yeah, yeah, if you want the King James. No, no, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Believer, here's what God wants from you. Your yes to be yes and your no to be no. Now we've confused this. We've confused this. Because many of us say yes, but we display no. Yes, I'm all up for that, Pastor. I'll be involved. The event comes, nobody there. But you signed up. Your yes has to be yes and your no has to be no. We've got to be faithful. And it's okay to say no. But let your no mean no and your yes mean yes. That's what God wants from us, all of us. He wants us to be faithful. Because he's faithful. And then when we are faithful, and we live out a faithful life to God, he'll say to us one day, and I hope and pray for all of our sakes, this is what we hear when we meet the Lord. Matthew 25, verse 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. Remember what faithful means? To be trustworthy, to be dependent upon. Yes to mean yes. No to mean no. To be faithful to the Lord. How many of us have made vows to the Lord? How many have said, Lord, this is it. This is the year. This is the day. This is the month where I am going to sort things out. I'm going to get things right and I'm going to serve you. Nothing is going to get in my way. Lord, I'm doing this. The Lord sits back, I'm sure, and goes, <laughs> okay, okay, here we go again, here we go again. And the yes does mean yes at the time, and then the yes becomes no, and the no becomes I'm too busy. I don't have time. I've got more important commitments. We have to be faithful. We have to be faithful. You see, the faithfulness of God, we love it, we rejoice in it, we cling to it in the tough times. But what does that mean for us in our faithfulness to the God of faithfulness? How do we respond? If he is faithful onto Calvary's cross, if he is faithful to his last breath for you, How are we going to live our lives for him? Does your life now reflect a life of faithfulness to him? And, and again, I don't just mean church attendance. I mean your life before the Lord, your relationship with him, your prayer life, your devotional life, your witnessing life, your time with him. Are you faithful to the faithful God? Because he's faithful to his people. 
He's faithful to his promises. And he's faithful to his plans. I wonder this morning, as we close and we're done, are you faithful to him? Because he's faithful to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this short time in your word. And Lord, we do thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, forgive us for our unbelief at times of who you are. Lord, we forget so often who you are. And also, Lord, we forget so often who we are. And we lift ourselves up at your expense. But Lord, you lifted yourself upon Calvary's cross at your expense for us. This Easter weekend, we've remembered your death, your burial, your resurrection. That you were faithful unto the cross for the joy that was set before you. Lord, will we be faithful in this life for the joy that is set before us? That when we stand before you, we can hear the words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thy into thy joy. Lord, I pray you would challenge us as we head into the rest of our calendar year about our walks with you, our devotion to you, our lives before you, Lord, not out of duty, but out of love. Lord, help us to be faithful in all that we do. Help us, Lord, to be a people that yes means yes and no means no. Let us not be wishy-washy, tossed to and fro, but be clear and honest. I thank you, Lord, again that your promises are true and can be trusted in a world that lets us down. Lord, families let us down, parents let us down, brothers, sisters, friends, work colleagues, the government, the authorities times will let us down but Lord you'll never let us down for you are the faithful God and we thank you Lord for your faithfulness we rejoice in your holy name and we thank you again for all that you've done for us in Jesus name Amen